Welcome to This Won't Last Long, the podcast where I talk about uh, me, my projects, and the pop culture around us, surrounding us. So, <laughs> the other day I tried to stream this exact same episode, and it was muted the whole time for a reason that I don't know. Um, let me know if the audio was working, I will check on my own right this second actually, I'll grab my phone. Always a good way to check streamer tip if your audio is working. Should have thought of that in the nights, but I did not. It does. I literally just checked. All right. Cool. Great. Fantastic. So <laughs> that was very annoying the other day, and um, yeah. So let's just get into it, eh? So let's start with me. So. Um, as most of you know, I'm going off to York in the fall. Things will change for the better, though. Um, I'll still try to make regular content and stuff like that, but for a long time now, this content creation thing, creation thing, whatever you want to call it, um, it started as a way to hone my skills because ever since 2020 I wanted to be a filmmaker um, basically the story is that uh, you know, everybody during the height of COVID was keeping themselves busy with something because they couldn't hang out with their um, and more than, more often than not, they couldn't hang out with their family either because they were up in their rooms having COVID. So, during that time, I turned to writing. It was always something I excelled at and enjoyed. And I figured, since, you know, nothing's going on right now, I... Well, I didn't exactly turn to writing right away, I turned to um, storytelling as a concept. I started watching Disney Plus, because that's all the new stuff that was out at the time. Um, you know, there was always Mandalorian and uh, WandaVision and stuff like that, but I actually found, not solace, solace isn't the right word, uh, not peace either, maybe inspiration in the new Pixar and Disney shorts. Um, I guess just Disney shorts because Disney Plus. So, due to that inspiration, create creative inspiration, I, as I used to do growing up, kind of <laughs> wrote down a similar idea to this one short about a raindrop trying to find its raindrop family and I wrote a similar idea about a blade of grass because that's obviously not the same story um, with different characters so I figured this isn't great uh, let's try to write a 
big project. And then I wrote my book. And then I think during that time of writing, I turned to also creators a lot of the time to find creative inspiration. I even have, um, I find it for you soon, but um, my creative inspiration playlist on YouTube, which I didn't make until, oh god, probably a couple of years ago, shortly after I finished writing the book. Um, but during writing, I would always just find videos. I would, I never put them in a playlist. Um, until a couple of years ago, like I just said. But anyway, getting off track here. Uh, the point is, all these creators that I found inspiration in for my writing, uh, they would have all these beautiful visuals as well to their beautiful writing. And I thought, hey, it'd be cool if I turn my writing into a beautiful visual. Granted, uh, my first attempt was not beautiful in the slightest. <laughs> it was an attempt, that was for fucking sure, but it was not great. But I knew I had potential. And it was in grade 11. And I started to hone my skills after the height of COVID kind of dropped a bit and we all kind of went back to a version of in-person um, for schools. It was like some people were still at home a lot of the time. Um, but at school we were wearing masks and all that. And, you know, you know how it was. But, um, so... Uh, there was this class taught by Mr. Visca, and um, I won't say what school it was because I don't want to DOS myself, but let's just call it um, Happy instead of like similar word to what the school is actually called. So, at Happy, um, this class TV video, the announcements class, taught by Mr. Fiska, and i never done this class before, because it only starts in grade 11, so, my first time trying this class, and it was my first time really doing anything relating to making videos at all, and he teaches in a way that and there's a lot of problematic things about him, but he just he teaches in a way that you can't help but be inspired by the wonder of why he keeps doing this. And when you start to think about it, you realize it's because of you. Not only you, um, but you as in the future generation, and you realize that he's not, that he doesn't love the work, maybe he does, but he loves, he keeps doing it because of the hope that you'll inspire, and man, that's what, that's what keeps me creating every day, 
and he inspired that in me. Granted, not the first person to do it, but he reinforced a desire, a hope, a love, a passion that was already ignited in me from people before, um, and experiences before, and projects before, and assignments before, whatever. But, um, he helped ignite that further in me, and ignite that fire further in me, and I found a love for this thing, this filmmaking, creation, visual medium that I've never felt before. And I have him and many people to thank for that, and I will do that at graduation <laughs> and prom, but... Writing came first, and writing is a part of every medium of art. There is, even in the most visual art, there is visual arts. Um, you still have to think about meaning. You, you still have to create a meaning, even if, even if it's just in your head, of what you're making, what you're painting, what you're drawing, what you're sculpting, whatever it is, you still have to create a story, a meaning to it. And that's what I did, shitty as I was at the start for that entire class. I wanted to hone my skills further, and it was still during the class, but uh, then came the YouTube thing. And progress and progress and progress yeah I think I started something pretty cool and um, not getting on all my hours here and not something special I just think I make cool shit and uh, yeah I know a lot of it isn't <laughs> Trust me, I know, uh, this whole, almost two years in, in October, has all been about progress for me. It's all been about getting to the next thing. And the next thing now is York. And it's a huge change, York University, and I be more excited. I cannot be more terrified of losing people. I cannot be more terrified of getting used to everything. I cannot be more excited for the things I will try, the mediums I will attempt, things I will make. Films that will be involved in the productions that I will help um, endure and finish. And all I can do is hope that they inspire. That's why I do this. That's why I want to do this. Not because of the money, not because of what was me, look at me, look at me, look at the things I make. Not for the recognition, no. For 
that one kid who looks in a movie with the wonder in their eyes and thinks, I want to do something like that. It doesn't have to be filmmaking. Not even close. It doesn't have to be content creation. It doesn't have to be anything related to either of those things. But when the world survives, it's because of hope. It's because of those things. It's because of inspiration and hope. Shit, creativity, like, it's because of all these things that filmmaking helps contribute to, but many professions do, and I'm just excited to get into a profession that I know will at least help someone find inspiration, and I hope I can do that. Um, so, that being said, um, this project that I'm going to film and edit and polish over this, these next months until I head off to York, uh, the interview is going to be my most ambitious project yet. Not asking for right. money, equipment, no. I have all of that. What I am asking for is that tune in to my journey here because I think this thing would be something pretty cool. Um, if you've not heard me talk about this before, this project is called The Interview. And it is a mix of The Truman Show, if you've seen that. It's about a man being watched his entire life up until he's mid-30s, I would guess. I don't know how old he is in the movie. Uh, but he's played by Jim Carrey. Anyway, I'm not going to explain the movie to you. It's a mix between Truman Show and a dystopian society kind of thing. And Markiplier's uh, choose your own adventure things that he makes. Like in Space with Markiplier, in uh, Heist with Markiplier, Date with Markiplier. All of those. And Truman Show and Heist combined. Are you Markiplier fans? Heist is better. You can't change my mind. Anyway, <laughs> so the mix between those things is going to have the terrifying kind of uh, imply but not show kind of, because I don't want to get too monetized, uh, creepiness and eeriness of and disturbingness, that's not a word, you know what I mean, of Truman Show, and it's going to have the silliness, and, um, goofiness, and kind of humor, um, 
and and at the same time kind of serious subject matter of Markiplier. Markiplier's heist and stuff like that. Hold on just a second. I'll be right So, <laughs> sorry about that, as I was saying. Um, as my parents coming home, uh, hope you don't hear them. My stepdad is kind of loud. Anyway. So, let me just remember where I was getting to. So, the interview. The mix of Mark Fire's Children's Own Adventure projects and these uh, uh, Darkness of Children. So, uh, my hope is that I will finish it before <laughs> I head off to university. Um, in late August, early September. I don't have that long compared to if it was the only thing that was on my list then yeah I'd be fine but as some of you may know it's not it's not the only thing on my to-do list other things are I have six more books including two ways to get it that's right the other half-ish of this. Okay, now it's like 130-ish paper. I don't know. Hopefully I read it after this. But anyway. The other half-ish of that. Uh, it's just called a quarter. I don't fucking know. The other bit of that <laughs> book tonight. And then after that is finished tonight. Six more books. The two after this, I will read at the same time, like, simultaneously. 100 there, 100 there, you know, people do this. Uh, one of which is 500 pages, and the other is almost 400. So, hope I finish those before Rad. Uh, I mean... And I was thinking about this the other day. In books are books. It's it's reading. Like it's not gonna kill me if I have to read one or two when I get off to get off when I go off to university. Um but it's gonna be annoying if I have to. So the hope is to finish reading all the books before grad. Um, or most of them, and read the other two or three before uh, August, and then um, skateboarding is a thing that I can learn with the help of a friend, uh, a newish friend. His name is Travis. Um, he wanted to teach me, so he's going to teach me in this other very close friend of mine named Cam, so ooh, you will also see in this other project I'm working on, you'll, I'll get to that. But, um, so I can learn skateboarding over the summer, probably, maybe? or um, I'll probably start in these next coming weeks before school ends. Um, 
with Travis and Cam. So that will be that. Uh, maybe I'll document it. I don't fucking... I don't know, man. <laughs> Uh, but that's that. And uh, next is the guitar thing. So, some of you may know, I'm working on a self-documentary. Documenting my self-progress, self-taught progress. Um, self-taught. I learned from YouTube um, my progress on learning guitar, electric specifically. Uh, the goal, which is day by day getting a little bit more realistic, uh, unrealistic, I hope not, but anyway, the hope was slash is to perform an instrumental of uh, a song, I mean it was supposed to be Cross State Headrest, but I'm struggling a little bit with those songs, a song that has no spraying obviously uh at the talent show which is in june and it is very close to june right now so what i could do is i'm thinking about this recently uh, by the way it's called strum into progress if you think that's a shitty name let me know in the chat right now um that's called Strum Into Progress, because the whole concept is learning what you want to learn. Sorry, there was a car. Um, and not letting your own doubts stop you um, from progressing on what you want to do. That's the whole idea of the documentary. So, think about this recently. The yes, it'd be satisfying, it'd be a satisfying end to the documentary, but a documentary can end on a cliffhanger. It doesn't necessarily have to end with me being a master at guitar several months later. Like, I've already been, I've already been learning this for around two months now, and I've made some good progress. I mean, I know some things, I know basics, like I know some chords, um, know some picking patterns of some songs, learn bits and pieces of songs, um, I mean I've technically learned a song but I haven't fully played it, um, I just practice the, uh, you know, Patterns and things of it, notes of it. Uh, anyway, getting off track again. Uh, the point is, I could, I could make the documentary now, if I wanted to. Um, but since I am in no rush at the current moment, what I will do is continue documenting it until I have to cut it off. Because I would absolutely love if the documentary had a great, satisfying end to it of me being decent or good at guitar. I mean, how to play more than one song. <laughs> uh, so, I'll keep documenting myself. 
and I'll actually start filming the interview portions of it uh, this week because I don't work until Friday so I have these next few days to get some stuff done which I will do one of the days is a, a very needed friend day so I won't be doing some shit that day but anyway I mean, hopefully he's not busy. Anyway, so I say anyway a lot, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so getting back to what I was saying. Um, I will be doing that. There's the other six books. There is skateboarding, and then there is the interview. The interview is the big thing. If I can get the other three done, including actually editing and publishing the documentary, then, you know, submitting it to places where, before, shit, grad, then, I can fully, fully focus on the interview. Because my dilemma is that if I don't fully focus on the interview, I won't get it done in time. Which actually terrifies me, because... According to many people I've talked to and genuinely had conversations about this with, who are in or close to finishing university or college, it takes away most of your time. And I, if I have stuff that is on the back burner, then like it goes, like it goes to show, then then I won't get them done for a long time. Because university will make me so busy that I won't be able to. So. I'm making good progress with all these things. Um, and I've also been thinking about filming, starting filming, starting to film the interview a little earlier than expected. Because I expected to film it actually when, after I graduate. July, which the more I think about it, is not enough time to fully film, fully edit, and fully polish the project. So, I may start filming a little earlier. But I will actually start working on more stuff that I'm putting off, like the documentary, and reading more frequently, uh, and maybe starting skateboarding to learn that. Uh, this week and coming weeks I'll keep you guys updated but that's what's going on and uh this video is blocked in some places I may change that uh, or get that appealed uh, there's a copyright claim for my newest video essay for being wallflower uh, I made it for English class I like to just say I made it for myself, as fuck school. But, uh, I made video essay about person being a wallflower and the concept of never being alone in this life. Um, as human beings, we're never alone, kind of that concept. So if you want to check that out, I will probably appeal, I will appeal the copyright claim because I showed a clip of the movie for, I guess, too long, uh, for YouTube's, uh, preference, so... 
it got blocked on a lot of countries video, so I will fix that after I'm done here. And yeah, so I think that just about wraps it up for me. Um, I would talk about something else. Um, potential relationship related, but it's for another because that is private, very, very private. So we'll keep that under wraps for now. And I'm very excited about that potential of that. So this time I'm not an idiot. There's actual signs that it might happen. Knock on wood. So, yeah, that wraps up with me. Sorry that took a while, but getting on to the juicy parts the meat and potatoes. So, Indiana Jones. Surely excited. My best friend Liam is extremely excited, which doesn't happen with him. He really gets excited, he's very, you know, emotionally shut off, but he really shows his emotions. Intensely. Uh, to clarify. To specify, sorry. Like, he doesn't cry much, because it's really something bad. He doesn't get scared much, so, look, he doesn't react much unless it's very needed or intense or extreme uh, reasons to react a certain way so when his eyes widened and like listened a bit when me and him saw the trailer uh, heading into Wakanda Forever and we turned to each other and we're like we're gonna see this shit I got more excited than I already was uh, so, yeah, I will probably make a vlog that day, because that's going to be a great fucking day uh, next month, so there's that. There is there's Guardians, which I'll get into, because I saw that two times now, in the, in the first week that it came out. I saw it two times in a week. Anyway, <laughs> I don't sure how good it is. I'm seeing it a third time this week. So, uh, moving past Guardians and Indy, before that, there is um, Transformers. Transformers is back in, in the original style that it should have been. It shouldn't be, like, focusing on the humans and just, like, like, for, like, for fuck's sake, Mark Wahlberg, we don't care that your wife died. Like, we, we care about robots being humanized. Because they're not in the original movies. Like, they're in the Michael Bay movies and, like, other ones. And the Mark Wahlberg ones. They're just big robots blowing shit up. And that's all they're meant to be in those movies. And it sucks. And sometimes it's awesome, but most of the time it sucks. And I'm glad that with this new trilogy, they're actually going to do the Transformers, hopefully... Right, it seems. And starting with Beast Wars is a great thing to do. 
Um, I don't know terribly, terribly much about what comes to follow. I just knew I grew up with, I just know I grew up with Beast Wars and it was dope. So, <laughs> and I love RC and I love the animal transformers. <sighs> I am so excited for that movie. I hope they nail it. I hope they know that story. And if, as long as they stick with their guns in the original source, it should be good. Um, I mean, you can take risks and stuff, but like, mainly they should stick with the original source of these wars. But, um, majority of me is excited for that movie. I'm slightly nervous that they might fuck it up. Um, I'm seeing that hopefully, maybe. Um, there, I think they're seeing it with a friend first. Another friend? Another one of their friends first? I'm seeing it with another close friend of mine, Meg. Probably. Um, probably their second time watching it, but my first time watching it, that's... My logic, anyway. My logic, anyway, so I'm always hooked up there. But, that'll be great. That'll be another thing I'll probably vlog, maybe. Before that is the big one. A sequel to my favorite and the best, it's no argument here, the best Spider-Man movie of all time, my favorite movie of all time, Into the Spider-Verse. Sequel to that amazing thing, Across the Spider-Verse, part one. I, it was five years ago, ish, that I saw into the Spider-Verse for the first time. And ever since that day, it's become a comfort movie of mine and I've grown to see things more, to appreciate things more, to learn from things in that movie more. It is such an important movie to me. And all this movie has to do is build on what that first movie did for me. Those are my personal great expectations. <laughs> like my fun there. Uh, for this movie. All it has to be is like the first one. All it has to be. And if it's greater, then that's the little treat they are. I don't want it to be greater. I just want it to be similar to the first one. In tone, in style, in characters, obviously in characters, in writing, like, story beats, plot beats, character beats, you, like, you know what I mean. And as long as they stick to their guns on that, then I think us Spider-Man fans, specifically Miles fans, are in for a fucking treat in this movie. And after comes July, which... All I know is that there is Barbie and Oppenheimer. Um, if I haven't heard anything, or don't remember hearing about anything else, I'm not that excited for it. So, um, Oppenheimer, love Christopher Nolan, he's one of my favorite idols in film, directors, so I will definitely be watching Oppenheimer. Need to make sure I get enough sleep that day, because love you, Nolan, but, uh, Sometimes your pacing is a little soft. <laughs> and uh, same day is Barbie. 
which I am more so curious than excited about. I didn't grow up with Barbie. Uh, femininity and feminine gender expression has been a big part of my life for a few, uh, yeah, a couple of years now. So, or um, for this movie to probably tackle that, it's important to move. It's important to movie. It's an important movie to me in that aspect. But in the other aspects, like um, dolls and stuff, like I didn't really grow up with it, so I'm not going to connect to it all that much. In that sense, but um, I'll probably laugh my ass off. So I'm excited to have a good time with that, hopefully. And then after July comes August, which all I know for August is that there is Blue Beetle. Which I am so fucking excited for. Um, it looks great. The suit looks great. Great casting all around. And the only thing I'm nervous about is uh, the kind of pacing and the kind of tone uh, that they're going for. If they don't, I hope that they don't make it too um, basic, for lack of a better word, too typical, too kind of, uh, I don't know, like kind of, like, like I don't think, I don't think, bleh, I hope they don't make it the typical or hero origin story that has been done to death. Uh, so I hope that they don't, because Blue Beetle is one of my favorite fucking characters, and he's hilarious, he kicks ass, like, he learns to grow, he's a family man, I love that kid so much, and that trailer alone makes me want to watch Cobra Kai, because I need to watch that shit, coming off for years now. So I just never found the commitment to it. But now we want to watch that shit. So, um, as long as they stick to what, personally, to what you say, you say, you say, <laughs> AU did for his character uh, in the animated universe, ending with Apocalypse War, starting with Flashpoint Paradox, as long as they stick to those movies and what they did for Blue Beetle, then they should do great. And this movie should be fine and great and awesome. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. And after that comes York, and I'm very excited for that, but that's not media related. So, uh, as far as shows go, not sure what comes out, but I know I am starting a bunch of anime, because all my friends watch anime, and I just, I just gotta catch up, man. Missed out a lot of ones, I've only watched Cowboy Bebop so far. Next one, I'm start, I started JoJo a while ago, I haven't continued it, don't know why, I've never found the time uh, since a while ago, uh, but I've only seen the first two episodes of JoJo. 
And um, now I'm starting uh, Demon Slayer. It's paused right now, but I'm seven minutes in the first episode. It's great so far. Um, had no idea. Like, call me dumb if you want. Probably am. Um, I am. But I had no idea that you could change the language to the original language for the animes on Netflix. So I changed it to Japanese original with English subtitles. That's the way I've been told it should be watched, anime. So, uh, Cowboy Bebop is an exception for me. I mean, fuck man, it's Steve Bloom. I gotta, I gotta watch him. Like, come on, man. So, um, yeah, and then I added a bunch on my list. I added One Piece, which I watch when I'm 90, or finish when I'm 90, but anyway. Uh, and then I added Attack on Titan. I'll, I'm sure there's more on, like, Crunchyroll or something. I'll probably get Crunchyroll um, to watch the stuff that's not on Netflix. And then, uh, what else was there? I don't think this is an anime, really. I think it's more of the style of anime, but, um... Last Airbender added. What else? what else? I think that was. Yes, I. Oh, and all the One Piece movies. Um. Yeah, man. I think that's all the anime I added on my list, and I'm gonna watch. So yeah, I think I think there's another JoJo thing. Other than the original show, but I don't know. Anyway, that's all the anime I'm going to watch. Um, Demon Slayer, great first intro to the first episode. Uh, Jojo, great first two episodes. Nothing bad to say about either of those things. Oh, and of course, um, I'll probably find Chainsaw Man somewhere because I watched a couple episodes, a few episodes uh, with my friends on his iPad, Cam's iPad. It was a great few episodes, so great show. Funny as shit, so I might continue that on whatever platform it's on. So I'm excited for all these anyways, and I might show you the update on my journey where I may, I don't know. Maybe. It's, it's a maybe. So yeah, and uh, that's all the anime stuff. Speaking of, I'm going to Fan Expo. Um, I mean, hopefully for more than one day, because I'm going one day with my friend, family, I'll call them that. Um, friends were like family, let's just say that. And then uh, my actual family, sister and my dad. So I'm going one day with them, then one day with my sister and dad. So, what I'm planning to do is pay for all the people that I want to meet on the day that I go with my friends. The people I want to meet is Charlie Cox, Daredevil, uh, maybe Kingpin, if I have enough for that, uh, Miles Morales, the voice actor for Miles Morales in the Spider-Verse movies, um, and then uh, someone from the office, there's a few people from the office there. Um, probably Kevin, more, more so. Um, there's fucking Ahsoka, 
who I love. Um, I mean, May 4th, like the Star Wars, the YouTube account posted a video about Star Wars Celebration and showing like all the char all the guests talking about their favorite characters and one little girl was talking about Ahsoka and her reason for loving her and her being her favorite character is that Ahsoka is kind to people and that simple concept just fucking got me um, you should definitely watch the video if you haven't all these Star Wars fans but yeah fucking Ahsoka Dude, and if I have enough, Aiden Christensen is at the top of my fucking list, dude. Motherfucking Darth Vader will be at that. Bro, bro. Um, and I've been informed from people who've gone there before that an autograph is the best way to interact with these people. So I'll definitely be doing that. Instead of like a photo. Um... People who I like don't know what to say to, I'll probably get a photo with. Um, but yeah, and then when I go off with family, I know my sister wants to meet uh, the original voice actor for Ariel, so I'll see her do that, and like I'll just kind of experience it vicariously through my sister and my father, because I would have already had my first experience with my friends for my personal stuff that I want to do. So, that'll be awesome. And, um, excited for that. I don't think I missed anyone that I want to meet, so... Yeah, and I'm cosplaying... Doing a group... A group... A group, a group cosplay, me and my friend family. Um, for Spider-Verse. My sister is always the one who watches our Marvel stuff with me. Uh, we didn't watch the first one, first Spider-Verse together, so I assumed... It was fine if I saw it first with my friends. Wrong. Um, so I'm seeing it first with my sister on the opening day. And then second with my friend family on the third. Or that weekend. I mean, that's, that's the hope anyway, if our schedules line up. So I'm going to Fan Expo and cosplay for Spider-Verse. Probably both viewings, I don't know. Uh, Spider-Verse. Anyway, going to both of those things, events, as Matt Murdock. Um, I'll show you my glasses. I'm going as motherfucking Matt Murdock. Dude, I have the glasses, I have batons that I spray paint, look like booby clubs. Mm. Because it'd be fucked up if I had a blind stick. <laughs> It would be extremely fucked up if I used a blind stick. Um, I'm not gonna pretend that I'm blind. I'm just gonna wear glasses. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, I'll find a suit um, or wear the one that I'm wearing to grab and, uh, my mom's wedding soon, but um. I was playing Matt Murdock, Matt Murdock to it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for Charlie Cox to see my Daredevil cosplay, dude. I, I will lose my shit. Oh, I will thank him for, like, portraying the character that has taught me 
to not be scared of life, but rather to embrace that and embrace life for what it is. Because life is uncertain, and yeah, it's scary as shit, but... If you want to see me talk about Daredevil more, you should see my uh, video website playlist on YouTube. It's in the link in bio here, so, um, my link tree, so, it's one of the first playlists that you see on my featured videos. It's, uh, I think for the Daredevil one, I called it, uh, Daredevil, and then the slash thing, and then, uh, my hero. Or Daredevil is my hero, or something like that. So, excited for that, um, but anyway. Getting off track again. The third time I am sorry, so. <laughs> uh. There is. So, Guardians. Um, before I talk about that, I just want to get something out of the way that I forgot to talk about. Back on me for a second, on the me section. I forgot about this project I'm gonna work on with Cam and hopefully Liam, maybe. Um, so, if you guys don't know what Analog Horror is, um, and Mandela Catalog specifically, it's a version of horror that focuses on kind of VHS style, like vintage. Um, an alternate um, futures or things like that. Um, it's typically set in times where VHS is used in like vintage kind of uh, equipment is used. Like a lot of the projects that are in this style of horror. Uh, are set with like camcorders and things like that. Anyway, so in that style, uh, my English teacher announced this assignment and is the coolest assignment ever. One of the coolest assignments I've ever done. Projects I've ever worked on in school. It's a rare thing to say for me specifically. So it's a podcast thing. We're studying soundscapes right now. And uh, we can do it above anything we want. It has to be five to ten minutes, and I'll make up longer for you guys, of course. Um, so it's about it's like a podcast assignment. Okay, you, you have to make a podcast. Anything we want, of course. Knowing me, you guys know me. I'm doing horror. Of course, I'm doing analog horror, bro. And of course, I'm doing alternates. So you guys haven't seen my demo catalog. So alternates are creatures that look like somebody you love. Uh, they're, they're shapeshifters. Uh, they're terrifying human killing shapeshifting shapeshifting creatures. So they can mimic people you love. You don't know who's real or not. You don't know who's an alternate or not. But the way to know if they're an alternate or not is if they have a uh, odd, like slightly off physical characteristic about them. Like if one eye is slightly smaller, or like ear is slightly bigger, or like kind of like, like like that. And the more dangerous the alternate, the more 
um, obvious the features are. I think. So Mandela catalog, it features a bunch of fun uh, conversations with friends who aren't really friends, they're alternates, and stuff like that. Main character getting freaked the fuck out. Um, showing alternates screams and stuff breaking and like uh, I'm making basically my data catalog but a soundscape and it's featuring me as the main character uh, finishing up wrapping this podcast which I'll lose the audio for this but like this has been this won't last long blah 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 um, and um, I will The story of this soundscape kind of storytelling thing that I wrap up doing this podcast. And then uh, during the whole point of the podcast, the setting is talking about horror. And like we watch Mandela Catalog, we as me and Cam, or Cam's character. And then I'm like, that was a stupid video, huh, Cam? Um, that shit won't be real, like something like that. And then like, I haven't fully mapped it up yet. And then... Uh... Sam goes like, yeah, whatever. Then, uh, in the podcast... Me and Kim... And the, this is a pull, this will be the longer version. Me and Kim talk for, me and Kim talk for a bit about horror. Off the podcast. And then... Um... What happens is... There's a knock on somewhere, door or window, and it's the main character's quote-unquote mom, really an alternate, um, and the main character freaks out, hangs up on the friend, um, I guess now I'm thinking the, like, the friend could be calling him, my character doesn't focus on that, he ignores it, so he wants to find out what this noise is. Calling noise can be in the background while the friend tries to check this out. And then he realizes he should have his friend over. So he calls Cam. Cam comes over. But then, before that, Cam hears, uh, like while they're talking, um, Cam gets interrupted. And uh, my character is worried about Cam, and um, then he uh, comes over, but really it's his ultimate, knocks on the door, and is like, and, um, and then my character gets like freaked out, like, oh shit, that's not my friend, and then it's kind of multiple versions of his friend are at different windows and different doors. And it's all kind of freaky and very sad and I'll probably expand on it like during the storytelling thing. And um I'll probably have to think about how to expand it for a longer version for you guys, but I'm not sure how to do that. Uh, how to make it further than like ten minutes max for the assignment. But um that's due the thirty first, so it'll be out before the thirty first. Hopefully, and uh, so yeah, that I was talking about that. So, Guardians Three, 
Um, <laughs> since the other day I tried to, I like, was having a long-winded talk about this movie um, on this episode, but it was muted the whole time, so I'll be kind of quicker this time. So Guardians 3. Uh, James Gunn, let me just start with this, is one of my favorite idols in film and media today. I mean, he... I wish this was my grad quote. I kind of wish I'd changed my grad quote. Uh, to James Gunn, as once said, I can't go into politics or science, but the one thing I can do uh, to help the world is tell stories about love. And I relate to that heavily. <laughs> I fucking hate science and math. <laughs> but I also... Uh, connect with that because if this man can make me care about a man with polka dots or raccoon hybrid singing creep by Radiohead he can make me care about anything and that's what I want to do with my stories man and he inspires such creativity in that side of me that it's kind of impossible not to connect with his characters, and this film, this series has this series has been rockets all along. And, oh, and spoiler warning, by the way, um, in a minute. But um, first of all, uh, spoiler-free section first. Uh, see it, <laughs> see the movie with. Your favorite person in the world, who you love dearly, see it in a theater where you know people are going to laugh with you and cry with you, because you will cry, and cheer with you, because you will cheer, and give a standing ovation with you, because you will give a standing ovation. That's my recommendation, that's my spoiler-free section, there's nothing else to fucking say. Before I get into spoilers, so spoiler section. So, immediately in the first minute, I'm crying. I mean, creep. I love Radiohead. Creep, their song makes me cry whenever I listen to it. So that already made me cry hearing that song. And then I didn't even know there was an acoustic version. So that. showed how broken Rocket is just by like showing his skull being like widened by the high evolutionary like getting in there and like molding his skull to his per person of perfection um already I'm crying because of that shit and then um when Adam Warlock comes in Rex shop and, like, pretty much, and, like, Rex, Rex Nebula shit shoots fucking Rocket uh, with his energy blast. I mean, like, that section was so chaotic. Nebula looked dope. I'm pretty sure that was Stark Tech, because I'm pretty sure Rocket got inspired by Tony from uh, his time with him. So I'm very excited uh, to see more 
Stark tech being adapted in other worlds and stuff from Rocket kind of utilizing it for nowhere. So, very excited about that. And it was very exciting when Nebula looked like Iron Man, like uh, Blaster pose, and like her knee kind of up, like Tony always did. Um, and that was dope. That fight scene was dope. Like, uh, Will Poulter, listen, his introduction flying scene was great. That was, that was terrifying. I was like, oh shit, he's here. Like, I literally said that out loud and turned to my dad. I'm like, oh fuck, he's here. Like, he was genuinely terrifying. Um, he was also funny as shit. I guess you kind of need comedic relief. Um, I mean, granted, there was comedic relief from other characters, but it was mainly from uh, Warlock and Will Poulter's uh, performance as him. But uh, it makes sense, and I hope he grows in the future and becomes the stoic kind of anti-hero that he always should be. <laughs> but his kind of first portrayal and tease of like him being a fish out of water kind of character that makes sense for him. I'm very excited to see what he does in the future. That's kind of all I have to say about uh, Adam Warlock. So, back what I was saying, with the order of the movie. Um, sorry, I got distracted. Um, so, I are already am tearing up again, because this family of misfits uh, is scared for the best friend to die, and... I'm sitting there being like, oh my god, if that was one of us, I would not know what to do, and I would lose a friend, and I just, yeah, that, that, that got me. I mean, Guardians has always got me because of, because of, it's a band of spits, when their own families haven't treated them well, and that's something I relate to on a very personal level. I don't relate to it anymore, really. Um, here and there with um, my mom, but... Um, I struggled with my dad for a while, and this by Guardians 2 got me. Regarding these two is my favorite out of the three. Um, anyway. Um, but they all need each other, and they all found a family that wasn't their actual family. Um, and that's what these guys, Cam, Liam, Rex, and Meg, are to me. And, um,. You see my Jackbox streams, um, which I'll do again soon with them. You know uh, how like we can make fun of each other and we can bully each other because that's how close we are. And uh, 
that's who the Guardians are. They're just men and misfits who make fun of each other, who fucking bully each other. But who, at the end of the day, love each other deeply, and that's what everyone needs in this life. Everyone needs and deserves a family like that, like the Guardians, who care for each other deeply, and that's what I found after a year or two of after I lost my original uh, friend family, but not getting into that. And then I found these guys, and they've been my best friends ever since. And I hope and pray for a long time. But, um, anyway, part of them all the way through, especially with my uh, best friend out of, the, out of them, uh, Liam. I thought of him, he's like a brother to me, and I thought of him with the Rocket and Peter stuff. The Rocket and Star-Lord stuff, because for a whole time, uh, Peter just wanted his best friend. Uh, so... I ever lost Liam, man. I don't know what to do with myself, for sure. So... I mean... The emotional moments like Rocket's heart wrench a scream when he lost his entire group of friends uh, got me thinking of all mine in my group. Uh, Peter's heart wrenching scream when he thought Rocket was going to die, he was going to lose his best friend, broke me. I thought of Liam there because Peter and Rocket are like brothers, and then. Um, just a lot of things got me in this movie, and I mean, High Evolutionary was is one of Marvel's best villains, um, and he represents the idea that perfection in humanity can't be reached. Um, but even though he is horrid and horrible, he had a point because. like bigotry and uh, the division of our world kind of makes our world imperfect by definition and for the high evolutionary to represent that to a T like was kind of important and I didn't realize how important evolutionary what he represents as a villain would be. Um, so that was really cool. And when he when he's when he got his face peeled off and he physically represented that, that was one of the best scenes. Um, like I was shocked when they did that. And F bomb, <laughs> only the only probably F bomb in the oh yeah. Death Note, Death Note, I added to my watch list, sorry, I had to say that. Um, only F-bomb in the MCU, that was fucking funny. Um, and then... Uh, 
the Rocket's best friends and all the flashback origin stuff I really loved. Um, some people don't like it, but I, I really loved it. I thought, I mean, yeah, I, I wish Rocket wasn't um, at a commission for <laughs> most of the movie. But I think at the end, when he saw himself in those baby raccoons, and he realized he could save himself and save someone else like himself through from a similar fate with him and he realized no one deserves to suffer like him that is something I relate to on I say personal level a lot but to an extremely personal level and I mean extremely like that's why I love Spider-Man so much man with great power comes great responsibility. If you have the power to save someone through a similar traumatic experience that you went through, then you have the responsibility to help that person not go through that. Like you do. And for Rocket to have the power to save all of those animals not be tortured and traumatized and turned into something that they can't fix themselves is something extremely important and he had the responsibility to help them as he saw himself and then he embraced who he was he said he's rocket raccoon he embraced he's a fucking raccoon. And yeah. This movie is extremely special. This movie is extremely special and it shows that all those solos are broken. That like scars heal and scars heal from people. And certain people heal each other's scars. In a way that you never expected, they caught you off guard, um, and then they become your best friends, and catches you off guard, and you're not ready for it. But then, you spend time with them, and you get to know them, and get close to them. Everyone, ex everyone expresses how much they love each other. You become a family, and. Even though you weren't ready for it, then you accept it. And you accept that you're Rocket Raccoon. And that guy's Star Lord. That girl's Nebula. And that guy's Mantis. And that you deserve them and they deserve you. But you all need each other. each other's lives and no amount of distance or time never change that you're a family. That's what the Guardians represent. That people know what the fuck you're going through. And that when you're in a family, blood related or not, 
their bullshit becomes your bullshit. And you have the power and the responsibility to help them get through whatever they're going through because you know that you went through the same thing. And you know a part of you, maybe, hopefully, a smaller part of you, knows that that's why you became friends with them in the first place. Is that they went through a similar trauma. It is really, you get bonded by trauma. People get bonded by trauma and sometimes it's shitty, but then you get to know them past their weaknesses and past their and shitty stories and then you see their strengths and see their character and their strong morals and who they actually are and it's a beautiful thing man. Yeah. In this world, just like the high evolutionary represents, we'll never be perfect. But we can help it be a better place. And that's what the guardians represent, man. James Gunn tries to do with his films. If I, if I ever meet him, I will tell him that. Yeah. So, 5,000 Guardians 3 fucking got me. And also, the line of, you're, you weren't born to be a destroyer, Drax. You were born to be a dad. Fucking got me. And hit me on a very deep level because... I always... Sometimes just so do see myself in the mirror and don't like what I see. And Drax, I'm sure, felt the same after his family died. He couldn't live with that. He couldn't live with who we saw in the mirror. And when he helped those kids, man, and He realized that they don't have to be like him. He can help them. There's no one was there to be his friend when he was at his lowest. So he knows that they deserve at least that. At least deserve a dad. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Mantis was great. Nebula laughing just got me again. For years and years of trauma for Nebula. She laughs. She laughs at a pure joy. Having a family around her. And she never had that. For years. And And she realizes she has it, and she's like, shit, this is great. I'm gonna laugh. Like, it's amazing and beautiful. <sighs> the soundtrack, man. I mean, I don't even have to say anything about the soundtrack. You know, I've never released, I've, I've never listened to Creep more in my life. <laughs> <laughs> After this movie, man, I've never connected to it more in my life. 
they have pretty important soundtrack, pretty important songs, pretty important movie. James Gunn is a pretty important guy to this world. This film's something beautiful. Can't even describe. So um that being said, man, if you can get into science or politics or math or any of that shit, it's tell stories about love. Just inspire love. Don't inspire hate. Inspire love. Inspire creativity and motivation and inspiration. As Mark Blair said, creative inspiration is the greatest currency the world has to offer. So I can't get into the and get into any of that man, just tell stories about love because it's it's what helps the world. It really needs it the most. That being said, man, it's been this won't last long. I hope I guys, uh, I hope you guys enjoy. <laughs> so, uh, my creates this won't last long. See you soon with the uh, horror episode. Bye bye.